Welcome to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. I'm Pete Sampson with Tim Priester and Tim O'Malley. Yesterday was media day. You might have heard that there was some news. Um, Pete Makwa has really bubbled up the depth chart. Um, <laughs> there was also a quarterback decision, non-decision, uh, that we should probably spend some time on. So what we're going to do, we're going to devote an entire segment to the quarterbacks. One to Makwa. And then the second segment will be everything else that happened. And there was still some other news. Uh, Jay Hayes' injury, Greer Martini starting, um, you know, and then we'll get into questions in segment three. So, quarterbacks, Priester, go. <laughs> well, I don't, I, did, I don't know that anybody was expecting the announcement yesterday that both quarterbacks would play against Texas. In retrospect, I don't think it's that shocking. One, because of the extra preparation. Two, because both quarterbacks have played so well. Three, it gives Brian Kelly an opportunity to use games to actually separate the quarterbacks. Or four, he's going to go through the whole damn year using both of them, which I really don't I really don't believe that. But he took advantage of an opportunity. You have long preparation for Texas. Keeps Texas guessing. Tim, you mentioned it yesterday. You can probably continue that through Nevada in the first home game of the year. Then you have Michigan State. And I would think at that point there would be a demarcation between the quarterbacks. But I didn't think that he was going to make the announcement that he did yesterday. So we go one step at a time, two quarterbacks. I think it kind of makes sense, really, with the way both of them have played. Yeah, it's it's a good idea for Texas. Um, and it should work against Nevada because if it doesn't, then you have a bigger problem. But... Then Michigan State has to prepare for both of them, and they'll both play against, I would think, both play against Michigan State, and that's when you find out the rubber meets the road, you find out your better quarterback, and you probably move on. Not that one gets totally benched, but you're not going to be, it's not a dual quarterback thing, I wouldn't think, after Michigan State, but remember, Michigan State, they open with, is it Furman? And then they have a bye week? They do. They have 15 days plus nine months to prepare for Notre Dame, so this doesn't hurt that. Um, Boy, that's a ridiculous advantage. incredible. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, yesterday a couple things we were talking about um, after talking to Zaire and Kaiser and the sh- kind of the oddity of announcing this on media day and then having those two have to answer all these questions. And we thought, why would you just not bring it up to them right after we all leave? Because we right. see him for a while. Right. I think it was on purpose. I think he, that's part of the part of the leadership is he wants to see how they handle the situation. Which we saw. Yeah. And they handled it differently. They both weren't unhappy. They both, but they both were unhappy, um, and you can kind of figure out where it went from there. <laughs> but uh, Malik Zaire was absolutely 100% to us floored, appalled, and stunned that he could be sharing time with anybody in the world, including Kaiser. <laughs> Kaiser does not want to share time, but, you know, the, he I, Kaiser actually kind of had a telling quote. I kind He said, we kind of saw this coming, which wasn't backed up by his competitor. But he said, we kind of saw this coming the way camp was going, we'd both be playing. Um I mean, I'm on record as saying I think they're two of their five best guys, and it's a good thing to do. I agree with Tim that can't go all year, probably, and I never really was 100% sure about that until I talked to them, but Malik Sayer yesterday, and I'm positive this cannot go on all year. I think it's going to go on much longer than Michigan State. You do. I don't, I don't think he's going to ever come to terms with who the starter quarter. I, I think somebody will get hurt before... Okay. A starter is named, and that's how the starter will ultimately be named. Because somebody's going to get banged up. I mean, that's just that's how that's what happens every year. Uh, I I think he ultimately did not make a decision at all. I think to not decide is to decide, and he couldn't decide between the two of them. 
which I think is a pretty ballsy move considering he gets paid millions of dollars to make this decision. This is his area of expertise, and he couldn't tell them apart or didn't want to tell them apart. I think that you have to look at it from the standpoint that Malik Zaire came and got Deshaun Kaiser because there was no question Deshaun Kaiser opened training camp as the number one guy. Um, so I, you got to give a ton of credit to Malik Zaire for really, really chasing down Deshaun Kaiser. Um I also think in terms of the options that Brian Kelly had, the easiest one was start Kaiser, and a slightly tougher one was start Malik Zaire. And this is an unbelievably difficult route to go. There's not even a precedent for it. I mean, people, somebody was asking Mike Denbrock about, like, well, you look back to Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. I mean, <laughs> what? I mean, it's senior a, and freshman. It's not yeah. even, that is not applicable. Yeah. Like, Pike Calaris is not applicable because there were two different quarterbacks. The Ohio State situation was not applicable because one was way better in camp than the other one, and they were not similar skill sets. I don't know of a sim. I don't even know of an attempted situation like this where a coach was like, "Let's just play both and see how it goes." I can't decide. <laughs> I, I mean, Kaiser played eleven and a half games last year, right? So injury didn't that didn't apply to Kaiser once he took over as a starting quarterback. So. I don't look at this and say Kaiser's going to get hurt. He's 6'4", 240 pounds, and all it takes is one hit. It doesn't matter how big right. you are. But, um, I mean, I, you know, I think that he proved that he's durable. I thought it was interesting, um, you know, the interviews yesterday. Kaiser started off by being a little bit perturbed, but then he found his diplomacy and his tact, which we saw a bunch of all last season. Zaire was fighting through diplomacy early on and smiling through things. And then just got more surly as it went on. Probably because somebody else walks up and asks the same question sure, for the sure. fourth time and he and that and that bugs him. So, you know, they obviously personalities are very different and they handle it uh differently. I understand the dynamics of the decision. You, look, we've seen Zaire play really, really good quarterback during the preseason. He made this I didn't think it was going to be a difficult decision for Brian Kelly, because I still think that Kaiser is his choice. Ultimately, uh, in a long run, uh, but because of the personality, Zaire, you ju- it's difficult. I know somebody tweeted me and said, "Oh, this was a this was a chicken crap, you know, decision by Brian." <laughs> quoting Malik? Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> it was no, it was, a, it was a gut, it was a gutless decision by Kelly. And I guess I, I guess I understand where that's coming from, but I also understand the coach being in that situation and looking at, looking at these two guys. And also recognizing what's going to happen to the dynamics of the team if Zaire is told now that he's number two. I mean, I think I think Pete made a good point. Brian, and Brian Kelly wasn't trying to placate two guys. But if he was, he angered two guys instead of placating both guys because yeah. might as well have picked one the way they were reacting. And, and I think Mike Sanford had a funny quote about that. He's like, I had to tell him, you know, the other option was to tell one of you, you're not playing. So maybe this is a little better that you both have opportunity. I don't think either one of them looked at it that no, way. No, I don't <laughs> think they did either. And I think Pete made a point in June. Like... One of them is going to be floored that they're not playing. Well, they're both floored that they're sharing the job right yeah. now. But I don't think it was a gutless decision because, you said, this is the hardest decision to make. I mean, it is all on this. The season is this decision now. Yeah, I mean, he's Brian Kelly has staked the season on this decision in mid-August. That doesn't mean he can't change No, I need But to... now it's like, now you will definitely lose the other guy. If you end up going with one of them, I don't agree. Clear. I don't yeah. agree with that. He didn't make any statement beyond the first game. 
He didn't say anything. He didn't say, I'm going to do this the rest of the year. I'm going to do it all season. I'm going to do it against Nevada. So you he think said, Malik would take it better if he got benched after Texas opposed I, to now? Well, I, at least you have some game film to go on. You know, you can practice all damn yeah. day if you want, but it's mm-hmm. it's still ultimately going to come down to game situation. But he didn't he didn't even name who's going to take the first snap against Texas, let alone anything beyond the he, Texas game. He doesn't game. know. I don't no, think I he, don't. Know, he doesn't know how this is going to work. Yeah. He doesn't know how it's going to function. No, I don't think anybody does. Could they and play nobody. at the same time? Who knows? Do they rotate by series? I don't know. By quarter? Eh? I, I mean, it's... But how can you how can you determine that? The game, I don't know. The, well, but, the game, <laughs> but the game doesn't follow a pattern. It's right, it's, right, it's yeah. competitive yeah. athletics. It's the way it I is. I don't think I, he'll have a pattern going into the game. I think he'll, in the back of his mind, say, well, not in the back of his mind. I think their plan will be, these are the situations we want Kaiser. These are the situations we want Malik. And other than that, it's the hot guy. But well, you right? would agree. He didn't make a commitment beyond. On Texas, he didn't say no. he was going to do no, this. No, we're making his commitment for Nevada because it's totally logical, right? Yeah. Right, but you're saying <laughs> it, but, but you're saying he made I'm, a commitment for the year to do this. Yeah, I think that the, the <laughs> I dynamics, don't believe that the dynamics of the season have been committed to this decision. And if he after Texas, he's like, you know what, Kaiser's our guy. He's better than Malik. Well, Malik's he's bugging out. I mean, I I just if you want to keep both of them engaged, if it's just an evaluation tool. If he says, I can't decide the Texas game is going to be part of the competition, that's something else. That's not what he did yesterday. Yesterday he said, these are two of our five best players. I have to play Well, of both course of the them. Texas game will be a huge part of the decision, the long-term decision-making process. Yeah, it's you know, it's the only thing said. that matters. You know, Zaire did bring well, that he didn't, up. he didn't have to say anything yeah. beyond the Texas I game. Yeah, I don't, I, just, I don't think that's his approach. I, I think he's like, I can't decide. I have to play both of them. And now it's like... You're looking at the entire program. The other players are like, all right, we're, we're, we're playing both these guys. We're going to get behind both of them. I think everyone's geared around this working now well, with I both I think the decision's them. based I, more upon how how this decision would negatively impact the team via Zaire. Me too, but I also don't believe everybody's geared around this working because I know two guys that are not geared around this working. Yeah. The quarterbacks do not want well, this working. Well, if they're not geared they around it, they are not. It's all yeah, player speak probably. right now. To win the championship, I, I trust Coach Kelly. Kaiser said I trust Coach Kelly forty times. Zaire said I'm, I'm going to win and help us win a championship in any way I can forty times. But both of them admitted I will win the starting job as this goes along. They both were asked point blank questions. Zaire didn't. Neither one of them hesitated. Zaire didn't even reference the other That's quarterback a, once in a 26 minutes of tape. There's right. not a reference to the other quarterback. In I think 26 the great thing about this is there. I mean, there's no right or I'm. Yeah, we don't you know. know. There's no right or wrong answer. I yeah. mean, you, I'm not yeah. saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that's the way I'm looking at it. I think McGlinchey and Hunter and Anawalu and everybody else is behind it, and I think the two quarterbacks aren't even 1% behind it. Not at all. They don't want to do this at all. At all. <laughs> like, they in no way want to share this time. That's a bad situation, yeah. man. I mean, that's just that. That's just that's. I do think he has everybody else behind him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, the other couple ways that I looked at this when I was thinking about it more was, okay, can you get more out of your offense by playing two, by having more variety, sort of turbocharge your offense a little bit because, one, your receivers are, are weaker this year and your defense is, like, just running out of hope right now that it's going to be better. So it's a good slogan. So you, yes. It's like, right. it's, like, it's like the Obama posters, but it's Van Gorder with, like, the shading colors. Um, at, you know, can you get an extra seven points a game because – defenses are having a hard time or you're getting a little bit more out of your quarterbacks, maybe that gets you over the hump. 
I also think, and I think we've seen this over the last six years, Brian Kelly has a tendency to be the smartest coach in the room and think that things will work out because he thinks things will work out. This would be a cautionary example. Yeah, I mean, he's talked so many times about this situation not working. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the Carl Jones and, and JT yeah. Barrett. I mean, I should be I should be frank. As much as I kind of say I don't see these quarterbacks buying in, I was all for this until I saw their reaction. I mean, I, this is what I've been preaching, that they're two of the best players they have to play. Man, I didn't realize how badly that decision would go over with Malik Sayer. He has zero... And you, this. And, None, you, and you were surprised at how I, it went over with how, Kaiser. I was surprised with Kaiser, too. I mean, I, he has the t- Mike Sanford and Brian Kelly have the hardest job in America right now. I, I do think Brian Kelly's right that to beat Texas, he doesn't need to choose a quarterback right now. He can go in the Texas game. It was on our board. TJ mentioned it. You can Let's say Zaire takes the first series, drives him down and scores a touchdown, stays in the game, drives him down and scores a touchdown. Kaiser comes in. They do well. You could just decide, all right, I've seen enough. I'm going with one or the other one. You don't have to stick with it all game long. What's the quarterback going to do? Walk no. off the field? I mean, it's... But I think that Texas not knowing helps, and I do think that... And I think they have a little bit more disparate talents than everyone's saying they have, too. Yeah, Come more on. different, more similar. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the coaches seem to talk out of both sides they of the mouth. They kind of go, but yeah, they do. They've yeah. gone back and forth yeah. on that It's idea, not Reese and Golson opposites, no. but it's... It's not even Golson and Zaire. No, no, but it, it's closer than that, sure. But yeah. there's, I mean, Zaire is definitely a better playmaker uh, yeah. running around. And he certainly narrowed the gap as a, yeah. a passer. Pass. Oh, like, of course, no and doubt. Kaiser's a better runner than he gets credit for. Right. Yeah. But Zaire's a better runner than Kaiser, and Kaiser's right. a better passer. I don't know how you guys right. feel about this, but watching Zaire in camp versus last year, uh, even maybe in games to a certain extent, I felt when Zaire tucked and run, it was almost like a panic move last year. I can't find anything open, I gotta run. Right. And now I feel like it's more manipulative of the defense. Like, the game seems so much slower to me watching him play it um, in a way that I don't know if I thought he was going to get there. And and I think at at the end of the day, the bottom line here is, I don't know, when it doesn't matter which quarterback's on the field, I'm going to sit there and have confidence that Notre Dame's going to score that guy at quarterback. they're both really good. I wouldn't wouldn't paint it any other way. I mean... That's probably why it's doing right. Well, we could, we, could, uh, we could go on and on about quarterbacks, but we're going to come back for segment two and talk about the rest of the media day. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. We are in segment two, camp news that does not involve quarterbacks. What's your favorite camp news that doesn't involve quarterbacks, Pete? Uh, I thought Graham Martini basically winning the Will linebacker position, even though we don't really see him take a lot of starting Will linebacker reps, was really interesting. Um, you know, Miles Boykin had a really good last week. Uh, I I think he's a there's a there's not an every down role for him, but there's a real specific and important role yeah. there, um, and it might be in the red zone. So those are two things. That impressed me, and then, uh, I mean, I made a joke at the top about Pete Makwa because he was not somebody we would ever talk about the last couple years, but he looks like he can be somebody who helps Notre Dame in like a a Tyler Stockton a couple years ago kind of way where, you know, maybe he's not getting 15 snaps, but if you put him on the field for five snaps, you're going to get something out of him. And I don't think the coaches really knew that that would happen, so... You know, those are three things on a starter, a backup, and a, a deep reserve that uh, sort of caught my attention over the last week. 
I find it interesting that, um, and I spent quite a bit of time with Brian Van Gorder yesterday, and it was pretty enlightening and, and interesting, but I find it interesting that a lot of times what he says is much different than what the head coach is saying. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I know Brian Not Kelly just said... Him. Any, most you can get any assistant to do that, though. Well, right? that's true, yeah. but yeah. I mean, any defensive assistant. Any defensive yeah, assistant. Yeah. I'm sorry, I mean, yeah. Brian Kelly saying that Martini's the starter, and I'm, you know, Brian Van Gorder did not say that. Uh, although I do think that there's a little bit of clarity as to why. You know, every time we go, we see Bilal getting getting reps, and I think his answer to that is that he's their speed guy. And he's a guy with great upside. And so he's getting a lot of reps because they are trying to fast track him. Um, but Martini is a guy who, well, the shoulder, yeah, yeah certainly the shoulder. And, and they're monitoring, I think, snaps for both him and Coney to some extent. You know, again, let's clarify this whole idea, this BVG Martini relationship. The only thing we're saying is that, you know, BVG. Coach is tough, and some players don't respond as well as many others do. But Martini's a junior now, and he's matured. And, and uh, you know, the thing that BBG said to me was that, and he compared uh, Martini to Trombetti in the, from the standpoint that they lacked confidence when they were young. Well, that's not the case for Martini anymore, but it still applies to Trombetti, which is, I think, part of what kind of holds him back in the whole situation. And that became more relevant this week because Jay Hayes, sprained ankle, walking boot. Um, Brian Kelly says he'll be ready for Texas. They're just never going to say anything contrary to that. Obviously, he expects someone to be ready for Texas. That doesn't mean Hayes will be full strength for Texas, so Trombetti will have a role. Um, probably a starting probably role. Probably a starting role, and Dalen Hayes will have a key role, and they're much better off... There's a silver lining of Jay Hayes' injury lasts a couple more days, and these guys get Hayes and Trombetti, Dalen and Trombetti get reps because of it, and Trombetti grows in confidence. There's no silver lining if Jay Hayes isn't available for Texas. You you need his yeah, you really do. You point, need you know, his strength at the point of attack to, and to that position. And look, he won the job, right? I mean, he didn't win the job for no reason. Jay Hayes outright. You talk about Malik yeah, Zaire chasing down Kaiser. Hayes chased down Trombetti in the spring and kept it. Blue by him. Yeah, like, I mean, that's not even a competition anymore. That's. You know, when you talk to coaches or you know Brian Kelly or players, there's not even a like who's starting discussion being had there. So that's, I mean, that's a significant injury to me. Um, you know, high ankle sprains seem to always go on for two weeks longer yeah. than than Brian Kelly discusses after they happen. So, you know, I guess other things that Devin Stutzel returned to practice in the last week or so. Daniel Cage is back out there now. Now those are significant in the sense that. Like what Studsill really needs the reps, and Cage probably just needs to play his way back into a top, top condition. So that's something. Um, you know, I could Equimini St. Brown. I think has had a good camp. Mike Dembrock said that yesterday's practice might have been his best um, that he's had all, you know, August. And you know, I think when it comes to those receivers, I asked Dembrock just like, take me inside that room. What is that like when nobody really knows? <laughs> how this is all supposed to work except for one guy and he's like it is really difficult uh as a teacher it's exciting but it's difficult because you have to be so detailed in everything that you do and he referenced i don't know if it was yesterday's practice or an earlier one but they had two third and fours and on consecutive routes the receivers ran a three-yard route and they got tackled and, and they're just like guys that means we have to punt. Um, but he also, t- he's balancing that against like, you can't, you have to let them fail in some ways. You, you don't have to accept the failure, but you have to allow 
for it to happen so they could learn. So you, better to happen now than in Austin. You as a coach, you want teaching points. Yeah. I mean, not that you want them to screw up, right. but when something yeah. like that happens with a young player, you say, okay, that's something we can build upon. Yeah, and, you know, maybe at a high volume. Um, <laughs> right. And he's like, if you had heard our practices, you would know that failure is not okay. But you have to allow some of these things to happen so they can work through it. And it, I mean, it was interesting. Malik Zaire, I asked him about the young receivers, and he's like, I don't know, man. We'll see at Texas who's paying attention and who's not. Um, it's just a, it's just a huge unknown at that position right we now. We still have the McGovern-Hodge uh, uh, competition at right guard yesterday. As we mentioned in instant analysis, it was McGovern's day. And, um, you know, he's a senior uh, with another year of eligibility beyond this season. And Hodge goes into this as a redshirt freshman with four, four years of eligibility. And, you know, I don't know who's going to win that. McGovern should be bigger and stronger and a guy with a little bit more push. I, I know that they've always wanted, you know, when they moved Elmer inside, that was a big thing that they need to get more physical between the tackles. If that's the case, then then McGovern probably wins the job. I'm not sure that there's a huge difference in, in terms of strength and pop from that position, but uh, do you have a sense of, of which way that's going to fall? I thought it was going to be Hodge because they're – both close. Um, so you go with the one with the more upside. And, yeah. but at the, and then you think, sit back and I'm like, well, does that really make any sense? Like, what if McGovern's, if McGovern's a little bit better? Like, just go with that guy and you still have Hodge. Certainly it's not that. like Hodge is going anywhere. Right. And, it's yeah. cer- and certainly from a knowledge standpoint and an experience yeah. and rep standpoint, it should be McGovern. Well, the Hodge challenge at center more <laughs> than BK let on. I think when you talk to people around mm-hmm. the program and Coach Eastan, he's he said, you know, look, Mer- Merrill. Tristan Hodge is a really good player, and he Merrill is too. He's or was challenging now at left guard. He was challenging at center. It's not yeah. a blowout. It's if he doesn't win it, it has nothing to do with him. It's because McGovern's a good player for us now, and Mustard's a good player for us. So, if you want to logically look at it, and as you said, McGovern's a senior, Hodge is the backup at both positions. If it's close, you might go with well, Hodge can back up both positions. We'll go yeah. with McGovern. You know, another guy we brought up. You brought up Zaire talking about the young receivers. I asked Kaiser about C.J. Sanders and is obviously invaluable camp, and he said he is so important to the offense because, he, well, he, he's referenced Will Fuller-type speed, which hey now, that's hey, a little out yeah. there, but uh, he does have rare quickness, I will yeah. say that, C.J. Sanders, especially one-on-one against senior free safeties in space. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Kaiser mentioned, look, he can, he can go out there, split safeties with his ability to move with the ball. He said, we have to get him the ball and let him ride, and he was really complimentary to Sanders. So I do think he... Credit to C.J. Sanders missing all the spring with, I mean, that's amazing. Unbelievable, unbelievable that he is where yeah, he is. He looks full strength. When really? we saw him that one day, we're up in the balcony inside in the <laughs> yes. spring, and we see him come out in his scooter. In his yeah. scooter, it's like, oh man. I mean, he looks full speed to me. There, there's no and no it, hesitation. Kaiser yeah, references toughness to go across the middle in front of linebackers and, and everything he does downfield. So I think he's an integral part of it. Um, and, and he'll be involved at Texas because, as you said, they don't know who else is going to be. Well, yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I'm interested to see who – he's not going to be the starting Z and then the, the lead punt returner and kick returner. They said uh, he's going to win – he's going to be the, the, uh, the, punt, the returner, punt returner, right? but they, they, they're open to another kick returner. Right. Which is yeah, I don't think we've seen much kick return. No, no we, we haven't. And Josh Adams has been That's banged up, Dexter so we have Williams. Haven't. Back there, I mean, throw yeah. Dexter Williams back there. That's right. what. That's I, how man, I tell you what, you want to talk about an extra gear? That dude has an extra gear every time we see yeah. him touch a football, he's, and he's getting his opportunity to prove it in camp because Adams is being, you know, spared a lot of contact. Yeah. I think, and that's that's a good thing at this point. Let's wrap up this segment just talking about captains. I asked Brian Kelly about that yesterday. He said names have been submitted to the faculty board, which I initially took as like, 
okay, so you know who they are, you have to get approval. And it sounded like they just shot off a list of 20 names. Just like, are these guys okay? Um, where do you think this all goes? I, after yesterday, talking to Drew Tranquil and some other players, I, I really think Drew Tranquil has a great chance to be a captain this year. Remember, and, and he might be that that fourth or fifth guy that you're like, oh yeah, Drew Tranquil, that makes sense. Like, remember in the spring and early summer, we were talking about le- who were the leaders you guys going to were be, and I didn't, and, and, I I didn't, like, and we what? didn't say Tranquil. I think we came back the next week, yeah. and I'm like, hey, wait a minute, yeah. what about Drew Tranquil? Yeah. And somebody asked Tranquil yesterday about being a captain. I did, and he was like, yeah, I really want to do that. Oh, I'm you like, weren't the only really, one then, it was yeah, somebody else. He uh, said it was really important to him. Wow. Well, I mean, he is a natural Natural leader, yeah. there's no doubt. Imagine that guy. Here's a here's a guy that could be captain. How many games has he played? That's true. <laughs> I mean, he's barely played because like it's two, three, yeah. right? Like, he played two and a half last year total. Yeah, got hurt against Georgia Tech. And clearly, and, uh, he's a le- he's what, a leader. Type. And what was really interesting talking to Rochelle about him as a leader, it was. I got the impression talking to Rochelle, it was like, yeah, I gladly will follow Drew Tranquil, opposed to like he's a leader with me. Like I would defer to him. Um, it just seems like he is one of the most respected guys in the locker room. And I think if, if he's voted our captain or appointed a captain in a couple weeks, that will surprise me 0%. I, I think that there's a great chance that happens. And on that note, McGlinchey is going to be a captain. I asked, sure. I asked John Kaiser about how he leads now that he's in this role. He said, well, actually, Mike McGlinchey is our leader. And Malik and I step in when we're the quarterback and you know, mind our own business kind of when we're not because yeah. they're in that awkward situation. He, this is before. This is all of camp. And he said, Mike McGlinchey is our leader. And I think you talked to James Onawalu. I mean, I would be shocked if he wasn't one of the captains yeah, too. Yeah, it, look, it, it's sort of a defense-heavy group, If especially if you, know, you went Tranquil, Onawalu, maybe Rochelle, but then definitely McGlinchey. Yeah. I mean, but last year it was 4-1 to one as well with Farley Schmidt, Smith, Day, and then... Um, Nick Martin on offense. I think McGlinchey on Onwalu and and Rochelle are. I mean, I think Rochelle definitely is one. I think they respect him so much, but I think yeah. he made a good point that I don't think he cares if he is. I, not in a bad way. He just he's just going to go play great football and yeah. lead his group. Right? I think that for Drew Tranquil, it's a passion to be a captain, and Rochelle would be like, okay, well, if not this year, next year, certainly with Tranquil. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's it for segment two. We'll get into segment three. We got a bunch of questions from our readers, as you might imagine, many of them are quarterback related, so we'll get into all that next on Irish Illustrated Insider. Segments three of Irish Illustrated Insider is burning up the board segment, normally two, but we've pushed that back and we start with SUJB9. Let's make this interesting. What popular prediction evaluation being reported from camp? Do you disagree with the most? For example, reports from camp have indicated that player X is looking great. Do you agree or disagree? Like doing the easy answer, or should we try and challenge ourselves here? Well, <laughs> start mean, with the easy answer that I think we would probably I mean, all agree with. You know, I don't think elite was the right word to use. Regarding Max Redfield. Max Redfield it doesn't make yeah. any sense. I think he looks like he's uh, wants, he's going to be a starting free safety, and we'll see where it goes. I don't see how in the world. As soon as he said elite, C.J. Sanders dusted him for three touchdowns. I think it's in four. Two, in, 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 in four in a three practice <laughs> period. Yeah, if you're elite, that doesn't happen. Right. I mean, more than once. And, and let's not. We once again have to say this is a one-on-one drill where CJ Sanders has the entire football field to beat Max Redfield. He should beat him. 
but it wasn't even. It was obviously three wrong guesses. You should get a hand on them. You shouldn't though. be guessing right. if you're an elite safety. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Right? Yeah, we don't need that's, to and then after the that, point. I, I feel like I don't know if he's being for the, for a harder one. I don't. I don't know if Jerry Tillery is doing as well as everybody keeps talking about. Uh, I, because I guess what I'm saying is, I thought there were times where he flashed last year too. Does that make sense to you? Like, yeah. I, that's a lower. That's that. That's trying harder to find someone. I actually had Jerry Tiller for my answer for the second part of this question. The guy who I think is much better than people are giving him credit for. I think the coaches that um, gave him credit was the... the yeah. yeah, so I, I'm i more optimistic on Jerry Tiller than I think your uh, average Notre Dame beat reporter is. Um, I'd say the guy that maybe I'm more apprehensive about than the average Notre Dame beat reporter is Josh Adams. But health reasons, right? Health reasons, Dexter Williams reasons, Torian Folston reasons, um... I think there's this perception that Josh Adams might be just as good as Torian Fulston. I don't agree with that at all. And I think that Dexter Williams might be right there with Josh Adams now. Um, and with this line configured the way that it is, where you don't have just NFL guys at every single position, it's I, I think you're going to have to do a little bit more work as a running back to get yourself free. Uh, and I think Fulston and Dexter Williams can do that a little bit better maybe than Josh Adams. Certainly when you have a whole bunch of new starters, which Notre Dame does on both sides of the ball, I mean, you have questions about people. We were talking about before we went on the air, Durham Smythe. I mean, is, yeah. is Durham Smythe ready to live up to his accolades coming into Notre Dame? I'm not sure about that. We've kind of assumed that Sam Mustafer's been the starter at center all along. Will he be consistent? Will Will Jay Hayes be consistent? I, I, you know, I... You, well, equity me a St. Brown. We had a pre yeah, pre conversation. Right. We have look at him differently. I think. You know, you know I mean, I I still have a hard yeah. time. I mean, this is personally, I still have a hard time looking at Niles Morgan. I realize what we see in practice. I mean, it looks good. There, there's no yeah. doubt about that. But I'm talking about game situations, you know, game decisions, split second decisions. I, you know, I just I I don't have a lot of confidence in that. Just because we haven't seen it in a game situation, and Drew Tranquil who. You know, is is a great leader. Is a playmaker. The closer he gets to the line of scrimmage, you know he's going to be effective. And it was interesting. I addressed it with him yesterday. The back end dealing with, you know, that's a different aspect of your game. He said, "Hey, I have to prove it. I'm a 230 pound guy. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to run a four four five. So he even he even understands the the the, the concerns with him back there. Irish Boo, in light of the injury to Jay Hayes and short yardage and goal line, is there any chance Brian Kelly considering snaps for Jerry Tillery at defensive end? You would need a much better... You would need Elijah Taylor to prove he could go in there and hold up at the... Which, that would be his strength, to hold up at the goal line, I would think, in short yardage. But my guess would be, wouldn't couldn't Bonner switch over there a little easier than uh, moving Tillery outside? He could, and, and, I, and, and I think there's... I think if Tillery's going to play end, it's going to be in a pass rush situation. Um, I, we saw a little bit of that in the spring, I yeah. think, near the yeah. end of the spring. I mean, I think if you're in goal line, I mean, why wouldn't you play Jerron Jones and Daniel Cage at Together. the same time yeah. um, with Tillery inside, and then you could put Rochelle and Trump at the ends. You could put Rochelle and Bonner, Bonner. at the ends if you yeah. really wanted yeah. to get to get big there. So I, I think Tillery, I, I like what you're saying, Tim, about pass for situations where you sort of like, like invert that a right. little bit. Right. Um, I think Tillery is... Almost more of what a three-four defensive end would do um, could be really effective, and I, look, I, he's 
like I said in the earlier question, I, I think he's going to have a really good season, um, but I certainly understand the questions. About I, you him, know, so. and I, just to follow up on that, I agree with you with his yeah. upside. I mean, I think yeah. he's yeah. he's, he's like, long. Did, did we saw him crease a gap the other day? Yeah, and it was well, like, he makes wow, plays. I just that was yeah, really yeah. that was really impressive. I I agree that the potential's there, the ability's there. I think we've always wondered about motivation. We're hearing more and more people talk about. He's focused on football now. I think if Jerry Tillery's focused on football, he's going to be a really good football player. And I think uh, BK kind of answering a question about it. I mean, he was asked about Mach 1, those guys. You have to manufacture depth. He made a great point that they can kind of move guys around in their sub-packages, and that is depth, like Rochelle goes inside. So all, if, when you have Jay Hayes, Andrew Trombetti, and Dalen Hayes, there's roles for all of them because Rochelle jumps inside in certain situations, which can get any of those guys a break. Mm-hmm. Now, Rochelle doesn't get a break, <laughs> but everybody else can get a break. But he, of he's proven he doesn't need one, right? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and knock on wood, he's, he's stayed uh, healthy. And, uh, you know, Pete, I know you wrote about Julian O'Quara in in some in a speed package at, at, at yeah. left hand. I, when you look at him, you say, is he physically yeah. ready to do this? But look what they did with Colin Hill. It's just a, if he can get off the edge, if he can come off the edge and, and rush the quarterback... Obviously, they need that because we don't yes. really know who's going to do that. Yeah, that. that's. I mean, one of the things I'm most curious <laughs> about the Texas game is whatever this speed package is. Because um, I asked on a while though about it, I'm like, is this really any different than dime defense? And he's like, not really. No, really. Um, no. But he's like, good. He don't reinvent he, anything. But he <laughs> says like in the speed package, he plays defensive end. Doesn't put his hand on the ground like uh, Jalen Smith mm-hmm. would a few times, but like it's up in a two point stance as a defensive end. And he's like, this is sort of where we get Hayes out there, Dalen Hayes. You know, maybe you get Julian O'Quarr out there. Um, he's like, I got the sense there's much more of a role for different guys in the front seven than there was the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Where I think we've always seen that in the box safety role. Now there's guys at defensive and a linebacker, and I would never take James Honorable off the field. The notion that you would take him off in nickel and dime when he's your best coverage linebacker it makes no sense. Yeah, so I, I I'm, I'm glad that, that they're not yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, I think it's just it's a smart move. Washington DS, do you think that Brian Kelly not being able to name one starter for Texas is more of a positive for Zaire or Kaiser? Kaiser was a favorite coming into camp, and it now looks like a dead heat. I think that's a good question, and I bet I answer it differently than you guys do. It's got two answers to it, right? Because from the outside, look, from the outside, Zaire look, and Kaiser. <laughs> from the outside looking in, I guess we think it's more positive for Zaire because we think he chased him down. If you ask those guys, it is not a positive at all. No. At all. Well, <laughs> so, the answers are Zaire or neither. Yeah. I, you know, I look at that a little differently. I think it's a positive for Kaiser because I think, and let me explain this why. Is why he can't decide. I know. <laughs> We're all confused. We're not because I th- I don't know if this is going to make sense. It, it, it makes sense in my head, so run with it. Uh, if Zaire was going to be named the quarterback, he would have been named now. By not naming a quarterback, again, I, I, I what I'm taking into consideration is the dynamics of Zaire knowing that he's not going to be the starter over the course of the, the long haul of the season. Does that make any sense? I still don't know who you're saying it's better for. I'm saying it's... Well, then it doesn't make any sense. Who is it better for in this particular... I think it's better for Kaiser. Now, And I know Kaiser's the incumbent, and so you right. would expect that you name him as a starter because he was sure, the starter. Okay, no, it does make sense to me now, though. But yeah, if yeah. you name Kaiser the starter now, you lose Zaire completely. The reason he's not naming Zaire now is because that's ultimately not the guy that he's going to choose. 
It makes sense in my head. It, no, it, sense. It, it, it makes sense to me why you think why Kaiser would be the choice. But what's your response to this? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I think on the next podcast, so take some time to think they articulate it, and then we'll have a whole segment on the next podcast about that. Vic Irish one. <laughs> Forgive me if I don't share your concern about the offensive line with upperclassmen likely taking over the reins at center and right guard. Last year, we started redshirt freshman Alex Bars and Quentin Nelson, and things went just fine. What is it that really concerns you about these O-line players coming in? In a few years' experience under Heastand, I view quarterback, running back, and O-line as the absolute strengths of the current team. What are your absolute strengths given the recruiting coaches and players? Okay, here are my concerns. (laughs) That... (laughs) <laughs> that Tristan Hodge and Colin McGovern aren't nearly as good as the two guys that are mentioned here. I mean, Bars is going, Bars and Nelson, we know Nelson's going to play in the NFL. Bars, Bars is going to play in the NFL yeah. too. My concern is that McGovern and Hodge aren't anywhere near those two players. Not a, no, I mean, Tristan Hodge, the redshirt freshman, versus Quentin Nelson, the redshirt freshman, that's what we're comparing right now? <laughs> I mean, here's another way to look at it. Let's, let's just compare last year to this year. Is Notre Dame better or worse at left tackle? I mean, you, have, you have to say worse. Yeah, you get it. Are they, they're different, but worse. It's are they better or worse at left guard? Better. Better. Quinn Nelson. Is better or worse at center? Worse. Better or worse at right guard? Worse. Better or worse at right tackle? Worse, because McGlinchey was worse. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they improved on one position by a guy getting a year experience, and the other four positions need to improve more as the year goes on. They could have improved at two positions if you just left McGlinchey at right tackle, but yes, I know what you're saying. Right, and, and bars and all can that, be... Yeah, and all that being said... I think this will be a really good offensive line. I do too. I think it's a strength, one of the strengths of the team. Yes. Yeah. I so, don't think it's as good as last year's because. But it's just as initially a whole, you don't have yeah. any. I mean, what basis do you have to think the right guard's going to play well? I, well, Nick Martin's the biggest drop off, right? Yes. Not Stanley yes. to McGlinchey. That's no, just yes. negligible Absolutely. talent. That's and, talent. I, and I think yeah. that that's yeah. being that's being way underrated. The loss right. of Nick Martin, and he's proving that totally in, agree. in camp right now. Totally agree. But I do think that the second part of this question, you know, with the absolute strengths, I think quarterback, running back, and offensive line are yes. absolute strengths, yes. considering everything he asked about recruiting coaches and players. I don't know what's next. You know what I guess is next? Is linebacker. And that's a total leap of faith. But, as Pete said, what is it for 2016, our slogan for the defense? Running on hope. <laughs> Running on hope. Linebacker. <laughs> 2016. Look, Anawalo, I think will be better than last year. I think Morgan will be better than the Mike last year. And, obviously, the Will won't be as good. But right. I like the Will. So I think linebacker is my fourth one to throw in there. All right. Yeah, fair that enough. Sounds good. Yeah. Last question from the Hot Boys. Have you seen anything positive from the backups to Tillery at the three technique? Not much proven depth there, and an injury to Tillery looks scary without moving Rochelle Bonner Jones over Mokba. I, I uh, talked to Isaac Rochelle about this yesterday, and I said, okay, give me a couple guys that from the end of spring practice to today have turned your head as – really improved players, and I, and then I, I tried to lead him into, like, you know, Makwa or Elijah Taylor, you know, TSM even. He's like, Jonathan Bonner, number one, for sure, and Jerry Tillery, number two. Those are the two guys that I think have gotten a ton better, and to me, that's even a better sign than if he had listed, like, a more of a deeper yeah. reserve, because those one of them's starting, and the other one can maybe give Rochelle a break every now and again. And if Jonathan Bonner, who I think Brian Kelly complimented yesterday as well. In the last two interviews. If John, yeah, and, if John well, Bonner is a legitimate 25-snap player, that's awesome. At the end of spring, when when we stood around BBG and asked the most improved players, he said two of them. One was Bonner. I don't, I'm not sure who that other one was right now. but So if he's gone back-to-back, back, 
yeah. most improved in spring and most improved. I would in like to camp. see a rep or two. Sure. That that <laughs> I would like to see a rep or two that no, that puts fine. that same idea <laughs> in, in my mind. But yeah. you know, my observation of me. Yeah. This is totally. I wanted to bring this up because Pete did the defensive report yesterday, and I did the offensive report, and I kept looking at my notes, and I'm sitting next to Pete while writing this. I was like. Not the defensive line, but the defense and depth and importance. Like, did you write down every Sebastian's name as much as I did? Yes. I never wrote down his name in any positive way ever at any point in my life until yesterday, and he was all over. He was Sebastian great. scares Sanders. Sebastian breaks up pass. Sebastian influences play. I mean, yeah, he had, that, he had a breakup up Nick. Weir, uh, yeah. no, um, Durham Smythe in the end zone. He wrestled the ball away from him. He had a real awesome commanding of the defense where he was screaming at Jalen Elliott to get down from like a deep safety. To in the box and Elliot like freaked out and didn't do it and then sure enough CJ Sanders caught a quick slip route because he was uncovered so it's not not only does he he looked physically different yeah. like he, like was, he could he move was, he was yeah. running the defense um it was really impressive to see so all of a sudden there's a backup safety and then they can I mean I'm not saying we, we shouldn't overstate it but there's a backup safety that they can trust because going into it with when Stud still had a hamstring injury I had written off Sebastian and it was freshman and now it's really good to have a guy that you could be a backup As player. A, I, I mean, I think from a standpoint, you can trust him. This is a six-year senior. This guy knows a lot of football, yeah. for crying out loud. He's been exposed to a lot of football. From that standpoint, you cannot have enough players that understand what Brian Van Gorder is trying yeah. to teach yeah. defensively. I think all of our concern is physically, is he a guy that can keep up with the pace of the game? We know he can We know he can defend a run. Remember the blue goal game, how, yeah, how yeah. good he was, you know, filling mm-hmm. and and, uh, and being physical. But It's until he gets injured is the worry. Those four words, until, not if. So he's yeah. got to go through the season and play relatively healthy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for Irish Illustrated Insider. We are going to be back on Monday, August 22nd. Uh, we're rapidly approaching a game week, which is hard to believe, but also very welcome. So... We might get another practice on Friday, tomorrow, that's scheduled, uh, and then we will should have some player access and Brian Kelly access. So if all goes to plan, we'll have an instant analysis tomorrow, but our next podcast will be Monday, August 22nd. So until then, thanks for listening. I'm Pete Sampson with Tim Priester and Tim O'Malley. You've been listening to Irish Illustrated Insider.